This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right, Scotty, you ready? Ooh, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. You got a good one. I could tell we're in person and I could feel yeah, the yeah, good yeah. vibrations coming <laughs> off you. Wiener dog bones found under Rome's Coliseum. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> oh, man. We, I didn't realize wiener, wiener dogs were that old. Well, we'll... <laughs> We're ready to talk about some buried wieners on this <laughs> very mature episode of the Bananas Podcast. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to an in-person Bananas. The special ones. I'm sitting right across in actual person. Can you believe it? Banana boy number two, Scotty Landis. And I'm sitting across from my dude, one of the great all-time everythings, my guy, Curdy B, Kurt Brownoller. <laughs> We're in your garage, Zelda the dog's next to us being very well behaved. Yeah, I put, a, I put a little dog bed down and usually she'll just sit and cry, but I think she's pooped. She's all tired out. I went to a funeral this morning. Oof, Always so a sorry. joyful way to start a Friday. It was actually a very nice and lovely one because yeah. there was a lot of love. There were a lot of fun people there. Was it a religious one or it just was, a regular? There was a whole mass. Oh. So two Boy. very funny things happened. Uh-huh. And uh, first of all, so we're loading into this huge cathedral. And I hadn't really been to a Catholic mass since maybe like a wedding 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's been a minute even though growing up doing it. So while everybody's filing in, it's like time for the funeral to start, an unhoused woman with a walker comes in, walks through the entire front, all the way up onto, it's a cathedral, so it's a really big, walks all the way up to the Jesus statue that is like a foot off the ground. And that's like... like Dead center. Like behind the altar? Behind the altar. Okay, so walks up past into the area. Yes, like there's like a very specific for those of you not familiar with a, uh, like a Catholic church. There's a very specific line. Yes, that's like where you kneel or something at some point. Yes, and no one goes past it. It's like the stage. It's when the stage completely of the- center stage. Like if you were getting <laughs> married and the priest was standing there, this would be 15 feet behind the priest. This goes just a walk up past. Yes. So walk up down the aisle around the couple okay. all the way up. And then gets down on her knees and starts to pray to Jesus oh, and then goes oh no. full bowing, head down, worship to Jesus. And then, you know, nobody's saying anything. We're also, there's families all gathering. And I don't even know how many people noticed that was going on. Yeah. It's sort of beautiful in a way. She's yeah. just checking in. Yeah. Uh, if anything, that's like true faith. Right. So then the music starts for the pallbearers to bring the ashes down in a small casket, uh-huh. like a little, it looked yeah. like a little treasure chest from a pirate ship so these four men including my good buddy 
are pushing the ashes down and the the pipe organ is just blaring. Oh wow. And this unhoused woman senses that something's going on. Like for the first time realizes that there are 200 people <laughs> watching her have a tender moment with the big JC. <laughs> and she just stands up and just does this like really elegant walker as like a walker with wheels like weave around, sees the ashes coming down, like pivots hard to the right, cuts across the whole stage. Nobody escorts her out. Oh, nice. At all. That's she great. Just, they just let her do her thing. She sees the ashes coming towards her. She takes a different aisle oh. and then just wandered back outside. It was it was actually the most like all it was beautiful funeral and really great speeches and great yeah. everything. But it's it was so like I, I would have been angry if somebody had like told her to leave. Yeah. I was rooting for her. I wanted her to take a seat and just join in. Yeah. And then the peace be with you. I just love a peace. I love be a peace with be with you. With you. And I've found, at least in my mom, my mom had a huge Catholic yes. funeral. And like the wake the day before was so much more personal. Sure. And you got to talk to people and talk about her. Yeah. And then this funeral, I think the Catholic Church gets funerals so wrong. Yeah. Because it's just a guy yeah. who's never met the person who's died. Oh, yeah, very rarely. Right? right? And he's just talking about like, God in general, yes, or like talking about uh, how much you should love God, and it's always this weird. Um, there's an obsession with like an obsequience to God, like a like a like a you have to God is God is love and God is like in charge, and you need to give yourself to Him yeah. in order to be saved. And it's like all that stuff. It's like why is that part such an obsession about it? I wish it was just like be nice. Yeah. This guy, this guy behind us was nice, and he got killed for it. So be nice for him. That's right. That be Being cool? nice is the main Jesus. takeaway. Yeah, there was an officiant that was like kind of like a wedding planner, but a funeral planner. Like there was yeah. a woman that was just helping people. Like here's the lectern, here's the whatever, uh-huh. and she was very bad at like support. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what I'm paying attention uh-huh. to, and so she would guide people over to the microphone and to the podium, and then uh, they would start talking, doing a reading or whatever, and then she would like go to pat them on the back for like you're doing a good job, but she would do it in this way that they thought that she, they were interrupted. Like they so they would like stop. They would go and then John said to the Ecclesiastes, and she kept doing it. Where I wanted to be like, no, just guide him up, guide him up, and get away, lady. Yes, you're, she's sitting there patting him while they're doing readings. Yes, yeah, and just haphazardly, so like weird. out of the blue, as if like wrap it up. Like okay, your time's up. <laughs> all right, all right, pal. wrap it up. Now, that, now let's end this. <laughs> so, anyways, but then I had lunch with Blair Saki, who was a oh, guest, yes. and we had a wonderful time and laughed and oh, laughed and laughed. So that's I'm, wonderful. I'm ready to pod, buddy. Oh, great, 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 great. great. Bananas is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Do you know the key to the Banana Boys magic? We do. It's our relationship. We work at it. We're great friends, but we talk to each other all the time. We want to make sure that we're both putting in the correct amount of effort. But you don't have to take my word for it. And you definitely don't have to listen to your one questionable, sort of shady friend who's always giving you unsolicited relationship advice, even though you didn't ask for it. And even though their relationships aren't that great to begin with. By now, you should know that BetterHelp is the place to start for therapy. It's entirely online, and it's created to fit into your busy schedule. When you need it, you can get it. Getting started is so easy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. If it is not clicking, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Zero bucks. The irony of therapy is just like starting anything new, like going to the gym, making new friends. Sometimes it's scary. 
That is ironic because the person you can talk to on the other line at BetterHelp is a therapist who will help you work through those fears. Bananimals, I encourage you, if there's something inside, if you're trying to clear something out, if you just need to talk to somebody, try BetterHelp. Give it a try. See if it works for you. Become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bananas today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bananas. Scotty and I are going to be going to, uh, is it a rodeo? You said it was a bull rider. It's riders called PBR. It's the Pro Bull Riding Tour. I used to go all the time in Madison Square Garden. You used to go all the time. This will be my sixth one, I think. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, all right. You're familiar. But I'm glad you and Lauren can go. Yeah. We're going to go. It's at Staples Center. Or no, now it's called Crypto.com. Crypto.com <laughs> Arena. A fun what thing to say. The call dumbest way. The Crypt. Call it the Doge House. Yeah. Call it. There's Come so on. many things to call. Call it the 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 house that bit built. Yeah, <laughs> Empire State, Empire State <laughs> Building. Yeah, but so it's two nights. It's you know there's a lot of Brazilian cowboys, and yeah, we're gonna go watch bull riding, which is very fun. And um, one of the benefits of having agents is I reach out constantly for any free tickets and go, hey, I'd love four tickets to that. Hey. And so I've taken many friends to hockey games and Lakers games and Clippers games and Dodgers games. But this one, I was like, I know nobody is going to ask for this. So they were like, do you want four tickets on a parking pass? I'm like, you bet your ass I do. <laughs> That's great. Do you have a cowboy hat? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a cowboy Me hat. Me neither. I bet you could get one at the at the game quote, or just quote, outside for five hundred dollars. It's shocking how expensive cowboy hats are. Yeah, they are expensive. I wonder if I I don't know. They're always I'm always like if I lived in like Houston, would I would I buy a cowboy hat? I don't know because you you go to the you go to Texas and just everybody's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Some people look very cool in. Yes, them. I don't look good in hats mostly. Yeah, I'm a baseball cap guy. Yeah, you look best. good in a baseball cap. I I I, I like rocking a baseball cap. Uh, can I tell you a story about how stupid I am? Yeah, I'd love that. <sighs> I'm so bummed out about this. No. I, yeah. So every year for my birthday, I go backpacking yes. for three days in Angeles National Forest. Correct. I go with Derek Brown and usually Steve Shaheen. Who, and who flies out from the East Coast. And yeah. so he had bought a ticket to yeah. fly out. We we're going to go backpacking the 20th, 21st, 22nd. Yes. Uh, in in November, we were like deciding what to do with Hot Tub for... Uh, Hot Tub is my variety show that I host yeah. every Wednesday night for the winter time, but it's going to rain a lot. So I was like, let's take the winter off. We'll come back for the 19th anniversary show. Very fun. And we'll, and we'll do it on February 21st. I chose the date oh boy. for the 19th anniversary <laughs> see show. where we're going. And never put it together. I made all of these plans. I went on this huge hike to look at another campsite. Yeah. I woke you up. Scouted it. I woke up on Monday of this uh, week, just boy. going, "Oh, it's it's exact at the exact oh, same time." Farts. And then Steve was flying in on Monday. I was like, "Maybe we can go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday." And it's going to rain all day Monday. Yeah. And all day Tuesday. So he had to cancel his ticket, and Bummer. now I'm not going camping. And bummer. so it's such a bummer. It's um, I'm very sad, and I don't know. I'm like, and I almost now I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want to do anything. Well, sure. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Anyway. We'll, we'll punt it. Do your and a half. The half will be when? Like uh, June. June or July? <laughs> do it in the half. We'll do a half birth. You want to hear uh, 
this app, this article? I would love to hear about buried wiener dogs in the under Rome or something. Here it is. Kate McCallum sent this in. If you have a story, thank you, Kate. If you have a story, you can send it to us on our Instagram at the bananas podcast, uh, or you can email us the bananas podcast at gmail.com, or you can go on our website, bananaspodcast.com. It's all there guys. Boom. Bingo. Bingo. You can email us right off the site. Do it right now. Uh, here it is. This is on I at IFL science. My favorite. This is written by Tom Hale, who's yeah. a senior journalist. Good for him. That's great. I don't think it means he's old. Nope. I think he's been there for a while. Yep. He's the best in the biz when it comes to wiener dogs. Here it is. Wiener dog warriors? Dachshund bones found under Rome's Colosseum suggest so. Okay. Yeah. They were battling wieners. Look at this. Connected to mm. the fact that we're going to go see animals. That's right. Abused yep. at the crypto.com arena. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> so they just ride them? They ride them until they fall off. That's yeah, what this you have is? to stay on for a certain amount of time. Classic and then there's rodeo. style and there's rodeo clowns yes. and there's a whole presentation. It's oh, I'm a sure it's going to be a show called the PBR Tour, Pro I'm, Bowl Riding. I like, I know I can go see any sports event and I have a fantastic time. We're just going to be going, where did this dirt come from? Where yeah. do they put all this dirt? Where where, <laughs> where does it go? Is it under the floor all the time? Yeah, is it under? The, does LeBron James dribble over dirt? And we just don't know. <laughs> they just put a flat, and then they put ice over the dirt, and then they put, yeah. In the sewers deep beneath Rome's Colosseum, archaeologists mm-hmm. have discovered the remains of some unlikely gladiators. Along with bare bones and the skeletons of lions, they also found the ancient remains of wiener dogs. Wow. The discovery comes as part of a new project that looked to explore the murky tunnels that lay beneath the world-famous Colosseum, the gigantic amphitheater that thrilled thousands upon thousands of ancient Romans nearly 2,000 years ago. Okay. Among their many discoveries, team archaeologists discovered the bones of vicious animals, bears, lions, leopards, but also Crazy. dogs, even dachshunds, according to the archaeological perk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, archaeological park of the Colosseum. Animals okay. were a common form of bloodthirsty entertainment in Roman amphitheaters, well known. Blah, 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 blah. They brought in hippos. They had ostriches fight. Um, they and were then, just going for it. They were just going for it, giving people bread and watching just dachshunds go at each other. It sounds horrific. <laughs> but I mean, you look at reality TV now and you're like, eh, yeah, is it any different that. than dating in the dark? <laughs> it is unclear how sausage dog fits sausage dogs fit into this picture. Uh, although the discovery of their bones suggests the career as a gladiator wouldn't be too successful. It's most likely, yeah. The aim of the excavation was to better understand the plumbing of the ancient sewers. Okay. Study began in January. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, right. Blah. Yeah, you're what an excuse. <laughs> uh, they discovered 50 bronze coins from the late Roman period and cool. a silver coin dating to around 171 CE that commemorates 10 years of the rule of Marcus Aurelius, the philosopher and Roman Empire emperor. Blah, blah, blah. Perhaps these coins were tossed into the amphitheater by pumped up crowds for fucking wiener dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the dogs just love it. Yeah. Maybe they love it. Maybe, maybe you they know weren't what? fighting them. Maybe they weren't fighting. Yeah. Maybe they're racing maybe them. Maybe it was just, think about this. You're having, a, you're having a battle. Yeah. It's not, there, things happen. You need a palate cleanser. You yeah. can't just go from ba- battle to battle. No. 
What if, you know, two men fight each other to death, one dies, and then a hundred wiener dogs just run in a circle for 15 minutes. Everybody cheers, throws money, and then it's over. Yeah, that's way better. That's way better. I bet you that's what it was. You don't have to imagine wiener dogs killing each other. I prefer not to. I think they were just, yeah, they were a palate cleanser back Mm -hmm. in Rome. We think they're funny now. They thought they were funny back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ancient breed. No idea. I would have guessed that was, I I would have guessed they were invented in 1985. Easy. <laughs> Easily, <laughs> not that they had a sense of humor two thousand years ago and made wiener dogs. Yeah, that's yeah. I think they were entertainment. I mean, maybe people jumped rope and then the wiener dogs got in the middle. They had two long Roman ropes and they were just doing double dutch, and the wiener dogs would just jump in like a wave, and everybody yeah. was like wiener wave, wiener wave. Maybe it was for the, co- the 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 famous Colosseum orgies, and things got a little messy. Wiener dogs come by, you just wipe your hands off on the wiener dogs. Sounds good to me. Or yeah. yeah, they had just little trays on their back with grapes, and they were just little servants. <laughs> and just in a long line. Grapes are, 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 are <laughs> olives. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> cocktail weenies. Maybe it was like a whole pigs in a blanket thing with the wiener dogs in Rome. So turns out they never fought. This is what they did. But do you have you seen the Coliseum? I think I I saw the outside of it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never been to Rome. Oh, wow. I would like to go to Rome. Oh, you got to. You've been so so many exotic places. I know. Rome, I've been to Italy, but I've never been to Rome, but I could see myself going, and I would love to take the tour. Oh, oh, this is is something. So Lauren and I, 10-year anniversary. Okay. uh, In September. Coming up, yeah, I was about to say. September. Yeah. So we're going to like do with, we're going to like go somewhere without the kids. First time we've ever gone somewhere without the kids. I'll stop by. I'll visit the Will kids. Will you stop by? I'll stop by and I'll leave just a couple of bowls of food out and yeah. you'll stop by? Yeah, I'll fill the pail with water. Thank you so much. Uh, and so we've been trying to figure out like, okay, here it is. Here's our big shot. You know, like we yeah. can go do something. You've earned this one. For six days or something like that. Yeah. And uh, right now, what the thought maybe is, is to go somewhere in Europe where we can walk between small towns, like mm. in a mountain or something, in mountainous mm. region, mm-hmm. uh, and have a like a, a service that will just bring our bags from the hotel to the next place Amazing. and like drop it off. So we just walk in between towns. Yeah. So if anybody knows of a service yeah. that does that, I know that there's a bunch. I've gotten some recommendations already. Like Austria, like Bavaria, maybe in like the Yeah, or maybe German. Provence, you know, Ooh, like, yeah. or maybe Spain, like sure. there's the Cambrian Way in Spain. Yeah. Um, be, Portugal, maybe. Portugal's the best. I've never been. Oh, you would, you guys would do well there. And they like Americans. Okay. And the Uber driver that I got from the airport, I was like, I wonder if there's an Uber. And then there's this guy, and he was in a suit, and he's like, hey, man. I was like, hey. <laughs> I was like, well, this is easy. I thought I was like going to have Google Translate out. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. Uh, that would be cool yeah. to go down, to fly into Lisbon, and then go down the coast of Portugal. Man, that sounds if anybody's very done, romantic. If any animals have done, done anything like this, even if it's not in Europe, if it's somewhere else, uh, message me at my at Kurt Brownoller on Instagram and just say, hey, check out this. This is the company I used. I liked them. That would be such a nice <sighs> vacation. Yeah. 
It's just yeah. all about like the flying. You have to fly. You got jet lag. We got to come back. The kids, blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. we might mm-hmm. not end up going to Europe. We might have to stay somewhere closer in a time zone. That happens. You know, it's LA's close to things and LA's far from things. That's what everybody says. It's it. It's actually the saying it's of the, the city. It's the saying. <laughs> it's close to things and it's far away from other things. Oh man, that's so good. But animals, I've noticed something about myself is that I. Uh, have small little inconveniences to me that stop me from making big, good choices for myself. Like, if there's any bureaucracy involved whatsoever, I'll put off doing anything, no matter how much it costs me. And that is why I do really think that ZocDoc is awesome. It's a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you, and these docs all have verified reviews from real patients. And that is the thing that has always stopped me about finding a doctor. I always was just like, yeah, I'm I, like, and I've gone to so many bad doctors and now I have a really good doctor. And the difference is night and day. And it's just such a hard decision to make that it's so cool to have this very readily and easily available resource to you. So look, you don't have to get anxiety about calling and speaking to a receptionist either. With ZocDoc, once you find the doctor you want, you can book them instantly without the awkward phone call. I love that so very, very much. So go to ZocDoc.com bananas and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash bananas. ZocDoc.com slash bananas. Let me see what I got here. Come on, Scotty. Heather Chapman sent this in. Thank you, Heather Chapman. This one's recent news, too, which we always enjoy. Hello. Woman reported missing Mm -hmm. turned out to be stuck on ski gondola overnight. Are you kidding me yeah and she oh that sounds she like a lived. nightmare uh, was, it, was it was it enclosed was it an enclosed one okay it was so this was Ooh. written by carolina or carolina estrada probably carolina uh at kcra who is really good i mean like i can this is a nightmare scotty best in the biz. Uh, A woman whose friends reported her missing at a ski resort was in fact stuck on a gondola in midair overnight where no one could hear her cries for help. I mean, you would think if someone's reported missing, you'd run the gondola one... (laughs) Just look inside all the cars. How long could that possibly take? How long could that? Minutes? 20 minutes of sitting, just waiting. Well, I know. I didn't. I guess it's just a math equation, right? I guess it's just like somebody was cutting out early. Somebody at the uh-huh. top was like, yeah, we're clear. Yeah. Monica Lasso or Lasso, or I think it's Lasso, was snowboarding with her friends at Heavenly Ski Resort in South Lake Tahoe, California on Thursday when she fell behind the group. She told local news station KCRA, best in the biz. She told a resort employee she was tired, and the worker guided her to a gondola cabin to take her down the hill around 5 p.m., but she said the machine stopped about two minutes later when she was still midair. Oh, my So she just didn't have the oomph to do another run. I've seen people ride down lots of times. But also, she was like doing the smart thing. Because like that last run is where you hurt yourself, right? And also, it is lucky she was in a cabin because if she was on a chair, she might have frozen to death. So Lasso said she didn't have her phone. And she attempted to shout for help, but workers below could not hear her. I screamed desperately until I lost my voice, she said. 
Um, in the meantime, her friends at the bottom became worried and ultimately reported her missing to the county sheriff. Smart. We were going crazy. No one knew anything b- between the police and the security. Momo. Man. Momo Shetternell said. <laughs> Momo Shetternell told the Tahoe Daily Tribune. I'm sorry. Thank God Momo Shetner was Shetternell hell. They didn't realize what had happened until the next morning Jesus. when the gondola started moving again and deposited Lasso at the bottom. Oh, my God. Did she have, like, um, a, a, a hypothermia? Was she, did she lose any fingers or No, anything? she didn't. She wow. was safe enough up in there for some... I mean, it was protected. It was closed. It was closed, so she was protected. Wow. Um, she was not rescued, Shertonerl says, uh, told the Tribune. Meaning she wasn't rescued. Meaning yeah. they just discovered where yeah. she was. I mean, what relief she must have had when that thing started I know. moving. Like, well, I didn't die. But also, if you think about it, like it probably doesn't start up until like nine a.m. Yeah, ten a.m. Eight a.m. at the earliest. Or eight a.m. at the earliest, and like it gets early, like light at six six thirty, and like that's like that hour and a half and is she probably said the it hardest. At Five p.m. is when she went down. Oh. So, in all in all, Lasso was stuck for fifteen hours. South Lake Tahoe Fire and Rescue were called to the scene at 8.30 a.m. on Friday. Uh, The temperature lows that night had been around freezing. Lasso declined to be taken to the hospital for evaluation. She just wanted to get home. She just wanted to get out of there. Uh, The resort is investigating this situation with the utmost seriousness. Resort Vice President Tom Fortune. A lot of good names in this article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Tom, I got a suggestion for you. Lifetime season passes for her and her friends. great. Oh, and then it's it's done. It's fine. Okay, great. Four passes for life. Had Four I, passes for life. How much could it cost? Not much. Not Nothing to them. My goodness. That is... I, I'm so glad she wasn't on our chair left. I'm so glad she was fine. There is that moment where you do realize what's happened to you. Yeah. Yep. I know that feeling. But you got to pee. Oh, yeah. You got... Oh, man. I mean, you don't necessarily have to pee... That's in true. 15 hours. I mean, yeah, she also could be wiped out and dehydrated. Yeah, what exactly. a bummer. What a bummer, man. Oh, God. Truly bananas. Like, think about it just like sitting in the dark for that long. Yeah. Just wind whistling. Yes. I like I guess at least you know there's an end. There's like an you end. know the next morning. Like when you're stuck in an elevator, you're like, how long yeah. is this thing stuck? Right. Could this be? You know they're going to turn it on. Yeah, it's point. not like you're lost in a cabin in the woods or like lost by yourself in the woods. Yes. Where you could definitely die. You're like, I'm not going to die. Yes. But I just have a very long night ahead of me. We, when I was like 18 or 19, a bunch of friends, we were all skiing and snowboarding and we went to Seven Springs Resort and it, we rented a house. It felt very adult. It was fun. We were in hot tubs. We were cooking food. We yeah. were buying junk food. It was so fun. Yeah. And I think it was the first night. It might have been the second night. Uh, some of the people got cold skiing and snowboarding. So we we're like, well, let's go back to the house. Let's heat up. Let's eat. the shower, do stuff. And then someone was like, do you want to go snow tubing? They have two snow tubing runs with a tow rope. Hell yeah. The best. So you sit on your tube. You hold the rope and it pulls you up the mountain. You go down with your buddies. And is it like long or is it one so of those just long. like. What? So long. Like oh. probably a full like. 20 second ride like oh, just going awesome. with your buds they would let you go two at a time or train everybody's putting feet under armpits and just doing a long train 
And at the end, to stop you, they had built like a quarter pipe, probably yeah. 12, 15 feet tall, pretty tall. And so at some point, we're like, we got to get over that quarter pipe. <laughs> and we spent probably the next hour just every combination of like running as fast as we can. And then you draft me. And then we slingshot you like I hold your legs and whip you by. Heaviest person in front. Heaviest person in the back. And finally... We go, and my buddy, I run full speed, then he comes with a bunch of people, and they like bumped me, and I get to the top, and I go over, and then crash on the ice and rocks, <laughs> and it's all dark and like really steep behind it, and I had the sudden, <laughs> I know, so I was like, we did it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it, and then instant, like land on my knees, like hurt so bad, but not broken, and then the tube just tumbles down the hill away from me into the dark woods, and I instantly was like, they're going to kick us out for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Like, we're all going to get banned from the mountain. So I just decided to hide. I just decided to sit there and hide. So I sit there, and I'm waiting for people to yell my name. I'm waiting for, like, sirens or whistles or something. And I probably waited five minutes or ten minutes. And so I climb back up these rocks and ice and snow. And I get to the top, and I look over, and everybody's just snow tubing. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's looking for me. My nobody's friends, noticed that you... Like, the people... A couple of my buddies saw me go up and over and, like, cheered a little bit. And so I, I have to sled down the quarter pipe on my butt. And so I just sled down, and I walk over, and I'm like, we're going to get banned. And my friends are like, are you okay? I was like, yeah. They're like, we thought you died. You know, like, dumb uh -huh. young people. We thought you were dead. And I was like, did anybody see? And he goes, yeah, the guy saw, but he's like, I'm not going to deal with it. Like, the, basically, the guy working there was like, nope, I didn't see anything, and just left. So then it was just us for, I don't know, half an hour. Like, basically, instead of reporting us or getting us in trouble, the guy's like, not responsible, because he was just letting us do whatever. Yeah. And we just ended up riding it until we got cold and left. But the, the guy just 100% was like, I am looking the other way. I am walking wow, away. Wow. I don't want broken ankles or collarbones on my report. <laughs> Where was this? Was this in Maryland? It's no seven Springs, I think, man, I forget. West Virginia or Pennsylvania? Okay. I'm guessing Severn Springs. I can't remember. Uh, but it was so fun. And it was we got snowed in. It was so much snow. But yeah, the dude that worked there was clearly just like a stoner snowboarder guy that's like, nope, not not doing it. Not for me, <laughs> not ever. We my my buddy, uh, uh, it was a friend of mine in our twenties. Yeah. His parents, have, ah, his sorry Zelda, I scared Zelda. By it's okay. My my You're standing okay, desk started to go up. <laughs> um, and his parents had a like a condo on a, a very very teeny teeny tiny so ski nice. resort. The best. It had like it had one lift. It had four runs. The best. Um. But you're like right at the top of this like thing, and then yeah. so at night we would just get sleds, like best. just so drunk, Ugh. and then just start Ugh. sledding down. But then you had to like walk up by yourself. Yes, and also like sleds, you can't control them or anything like yeah. that. So it was just <laughs> you're going down in pitch darkness, <sighs> and just Full you know speed. trees on either oh, side, yeah. and then you would like go off into the woods yeah. and like have to like grab a tree to like stop exactly. yourself. It was so terrifying and delightful. Yeah, it, those were great memories that you do look back and go, I cannot believe I can walk. I cannot yeah. <laughs> believe we didn't get arrested. I cannot believe. Yeah, Seven Springs, Pennsylvania is a fun, fun place, and I miss it. And the best part, the name of the place we were at? Queechy. Queechy! <laughs> Did you break your neck at Queechy? <laughs> All right, I'm going to tease us into a little shout-out. We'll do shout-outs. There we go. 
suspect mm. charged with trying to steal the New Yorker hotel. <laughs> Good. That's cool. <laughs> you got to think big. I got some shout outs. Nicola Higgs wants to shout out her sister Teresa for her directorial debut and her second screenplay. The movie is called Lovely, Dark, and Deep, oh. and it'll be in select theaters <gasps> February 22nd. Lovely, Dark, dark and, deep. and Deep. So Google it, Bananimals, and there if you is. have a few bucks burning a hole in your 2023, pocket. 2023, Lennon, a new backcountry range travels alone through the dangerous wilderness hoping to the, uncover the origins of a tragedy that has haunted her since she dot 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 <laughs> that sounds good that sounds pretty good that congratulations totally Teresa that's oh, it real, looks, real. It looks like a little horror that has haunted her since she was a child Teresa Sutherland writer Teresa Sutherland look at that congratulations the stars Georgina Campbell who was also in oh, cool uh, who was in Barbarian with me not well, with me. I wasn't in a scene with her, but that's fantastic. Look at that! Congratulations. I want to speaking of films. I, I should shout out John and Dan from the Ruined Childhood Ruined Childhoods podcast. They had me on to talk about the John Waters film Pecker and give like Maryland film and Baltimore yes. history, and it was great. I had a wonderful time. If you love film, listen to Ruined Childhoods. It's a great one. And the Pecker episode, we had a great time doing it. So thanks nice. for having me, dudes. Um, let me see. Let's get a couple in here. Oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. After you do shouts, I have an idea. I'm going to pitch you live. Cool. Annie Washburn and her husband did a pants cutting party for their housewarming. Oh, they yes. I pics. saw photos. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, I'm going to do it this year. Are you? Yeah, I'm bringing it back for New Year's Eve. You yes, are, you're yes, my first yes, invite. Yes, yes. And we're going to do 2025 pants oh, cutting party. At your house? Oh, yeah. Oh. And it's going to be a banger. That's great. Everybody, And I haven't picked a theme yet, but when I pick a theme, you know, turtle extra corduroys or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'll let you know. Yeah, and yeah. how about one more. I mean, I, what about? I what don't about? Think I did this one before, but if I did, what about tuxedo me? shirts? Sounds fun. All right. Addie shouting herself out. Addie is shouting herself out for. It's been one year since she stopped smoking weed. After oh. seven years of heavy use, she had an unhealthy relationship okay. with weed, and is proud of herself and feels Congrats. so much healthier. I I worked. When I was working Red Bull in Massachusetts, right after graduation, I worked there for about six or seven months. And the last month and a half, two months, I, I had lost the place I was living. The college mm -hmm. had ended. So my boss gave me a white dude in his late 20s name. Leroy. Leroy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Leroy was like, you can crash at, with, at my house. Yeah. And what I didn't realize working for him is that Leroy was like the biggest functioning stoner I'd ever uh -huh. met. And so I lived on his floor for a little while, like at least a few weeks before transitioning out. And then the story I told a long time ago about going to Giant Stadium and seeing Rihanna perform for nobody mm -hmm. uh, at a Red Bull event. So that was about two months after I had left. I had moved to Atlanta and then was visiting New York. And I go and I see Leroy mm -hmm. in Giant Stadium. So this is somebody I'd worked for, my direct boss, for uh -huh. over six months that I'd stayed with for, let's say, a month. And I walk up to him. I go, what's up, Leroy? And he looked at me like he had never seen me <gasps> in his entire life. And I realized... I you like, lived at his apartment? I lived with him. For months? He, yeah, because I was weeks? training new hires. And we were going out to dinner every night. We were hanging out, watching movies in his place. I mean, he Whoa. hired me. Whoa. He wrote my paychecks. Like, Whoa. And he was such a stoner. He Holy did not, shit. I mean, obviously it was bad with names and faces too, but I was like, hey, it's Scotty. He goes, oh shit, hey, sorry. And then I emailed him after the fact 
And he was like, yeah, I've been so high for so long. And at that event, I didn't want to be there. And I just got so high. I'm so sorry, dude. But I was like, you need to chill out, Leroy. <laughs> if you don't recognize people that have lived with you because of weed, you're like a you're like a weird commercial for truth.com. <laughs> oh, pitch me something in real time. Oh, yeah. So here's my here's my pitch. I love it. We we offer as a thing mm. that we will come to your wedding mm. and record an episode Ooh. at cocktail hour. Okay. Okay. So okay. then we'll have and like it's essentially it won't be like us doing stories. It'll just be like everyone's bananas story okay. at the wedding. And then like you can then for you, you get like the full unedited, whatever we do it for like two hours or something. And then we actually cut it down into an actual usable like with the best stories. So, and it can be like the wedding. I love this idea. Yeah. This is a solid yes for me. Yeah. But we would ask people attending the wedding, friends and family, to tell their banana story. They're like, yeah, what's like the most bananas thing of your life? Like, tell us your one thing. And so we kind of curate, we guide them through their mm -hmm. own story and then yeah. we wrap it up with them. Yeah. My answer is yes. I would love to do that. I love it. All well, right. that one we got invited to that I sent you the photo of yeah. is just south of Yosemite. So we could drive up there and yeah. it's in September, September yeah. 2nd. Look at that. Well, we're going to get bombarded. So I hope you know <laughs> we're going to bananas. If we say no, it's probably a logistics thing. It's not a personal thing. But I love this idea. Yeah. This could become our bonus odds. Yeah. And then feed us. Mm-hmm. So we um, go, so yeah, because like I worked on a show that was kind of like this. So do you think we'd be considered like wedding week entertainment? Yeah. So it'd be like you hire us. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. To come to your wedding and kind of do this I mean, in the same way that you hire like a photographer or whatever. But this is kind of like you, you're for you, you get two hours of a podcast like where it's everyone at your wedding telling the craziest banana stories and us like, you know, joking around with them before after rehearsal dinner table thing. Exactly. Ooh. And then we and then we actually cut it and edit it down into like a usable like here's the best craziest stories right. in like 45 minutes and we actually release it. So, uh, bananas for hire. Yeah, BFH. it's bananas for BFH. We're going to BFH it. We'll bring releases because people are going to have to sign releases. Oh, yeah, everybody's going to have to sign releases. Yeah. Uh, I'm in. I don't know if anybody would actually do this, but if they will, yeah. it's like real life cameo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tony, I'll come in a yellow suit. I'll come in a yellow suit. I have one. We'll be very nice to everybody. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? We're so such polite boys. Okay, yeah, we'll figure out. We'll figure out what's a reasonable rate for two hours of banana boys. Right? Sounds so fun. I, I wonder <laughs> if anybody will say yes. Uh, all right, here it is. Give me one, buddy. This was sent in by Chris Livingston. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. A delight. Great guy. Uh, this is New York City man charged oh, yeah. with falsely claiming ownership of New Yorker Hotel using loophole to live rent-free for five years. Oh, my God. Five years of free New York living in this Midtown? Guy, this guy is uh, a, a, a real con man. He's a real con man. This is written by Brian N Nemitz. Nemitz? 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 Okay. Thanks, Brian. You're best in boom. Good at typing. For the Daily News. Ooh, that's pretty real. It's nice when you get the Daily News. Yeah, we like them more. Instead of the Post. Boo. Uh, this, this, is, this story is so crazy. And this man is such a lunatic that it's like, uh, uh, half of me is like, 
amazing. Yeah, and the other half him. is like, this guy is the grossest person. Right on to the planet. dumpster. You respect him to the dumpster. Here it is. A 48 year old alleged fraudster mm-hmm. has been charged with repeatedly filing false property <laughs> records claiming ownership of the New Yorker Hotel. <laughs> In which he lived rent-free for five years using a housing law loophole. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg on Wednesday announced the indictment of Mickey Barreto, who Bragg claims filed paperwork stating he owned the 100-year-old building and got so far as discussing proprietorship with the chain that operates the Art Deco masterpiece. The saga began in June 2018 when Barreto, who had just moved to New York from Los Angeles, oh boy. booked a room for a single night at the New Yorker, the DA's office said. Barreto then requested that the hotel, quote, enter into a lease agreement with him for the room pursuant to New York's rent stabilization law the da said interesting uh the hotel declined that offer oh barreto's boyfriend had reportedly informed him about a loophole in the city's housing law that allows a single room occupants of buildings constructed before 1969 to demand a six-month lease can you did you know that that i never had any idea i would have done this this sounds incredible barreto claimed that because he had paid for a night in the hotel he should be considered a tenant the hotel declined that offer no shit reclaimed the room and returned the suspect's goods to him. But after Barreto filed a wrongful eviction lawsuit, he was granted he was granted use of the room when lawyers for the building's owners didn't show up to court. There you go. That's the issue. If the lawyers had shown up to court, none of this would have happened. Unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Just because, so a loophole on top of a loophole, and he lived for five years. According to the Associated Press, Barreto lived in the hotel for free until July 2023 because the owners didn't want to negotiate a lease but couldn't legally kick him out. Crazy. It's crazy. But prosecutors say Barreto took things too far when in may of 2019 a year after he he's living for free he's like it's not enough for me it's not enough to live for free in new york city in a hotel he when he allegedly uploaded fake property documents under the new york city department of finance's automated city register information system these records reportedly included a manufactured deed claiming that the Holy Spirit Association Unification of World Christianity, a global religious organization that owned the prize real estate, by the way, that's like the moon people. Oh. That's the Moonies people. Oh. So also, it's like a fucking lunatic taking mm-hmm. advantage of other lunatics. That's, yeah, that compounds. It's like almost like, now I don't care. Yeah, it's like a hurricane hitting a tornado. <laughs> You're like, do they combine or... Yeah. So he claims that because um because the that they um failed to uh, because the judge said he he was allowed to stay there mm-hmm. and because they didn't have separate somethings for all of the different units like some Dear other thing. God. He said technically the judge when they issued that order gave him ownership of the entire what uh, an building. Ad- what? I bet the lawyer showed up for that one. My god. After that he allegedly presented himself as the hotel's owner and even attempted to collect rent from other tenants. <laughs> Barreto reportedly argued that the judge who granted him access to the room indirectly gave him ownership of the entire building because it had never been subdivided. That's here it is. Barreto also contacted the hotel's franchiser, Wyndham, and began talks to have the franchise transferred to him. I mean, the balls on this fucking dude. The New York, like the fact that he really, like it wasn't enough to have a free, like that's the thing that breaks me. He could be still living there. He could probably live there for forever. Yeah. 
He could have had a hotel room forever for They would have just ignored him, hated and ignored him. They would have watched him go through the lobby every day and be like, we fucking hate this guy. But instead he has to try and own the entire hotel? How much is that worth? I mean, like that property in New York City... I mean, it's what fifty million, hundred million. I gotta be like a hundred million or more. Yeah, it's a big building. It's an iconic building. Iconic building. Maybe it's like a billion. I, think I don't Tesla know. Tesla lived there. I think Nikolai Tesla maybe really? lived there. At Whoa. Some point for a while. Um. So yeah, the New York County Supreme Court ordered the defendant to stop presenting himself as the hotel's owner. Yeah, sure. Which he allegedly <laughs> ignored. I mean, like he could have. This could have gone fine. Twice in twenty twenty three, he filed additional false documents. Uh, as alleged, Mickey Barretto repeatedly and fraudulently claimed ownership, blah, blah, blah. Barretto has been charged with 14 counts Good. of offering a false instrument for filing in good. the first degree. Know when to leave the party. Know when to leave the party, man. You got a good thing going. Leave it be. Yeah. G- gamblers, risk risk takers, comment. They can't stop. How many times have you watched like a crime doc or something and you're like, if they had just stopped I know. after that bank, it's after a- always that, that fake check. This is a great, is a positive story of like how bank robbing's awesome if you stop <laughs> right before you get caught. Yeah, you would have gotten away with it. You need to just know when the party's over and leave before the party ends, you buffoon. <laughs> wow, that's a crazy one. Squatters' rights and stuff in New York seem really insane. I'm sure at yeah. one point, or maybe even now, they protect people in a good way, but boy, it seems like everybody finds a loophole. Yeah. How many people are living for free? The cabin that I used to live in was owned by a guy who forgot he owned them. What? There was somebody and there was a contractor driving around the 90s looking on the east side for places to kind of flip and build up. And he came down that street and saw these 10 little cabins and walked up to like a hippie that was squatting there and was like, hey, who owns these? And they're like, yeah, we don't know. And he was like, no, but like, who's the owner? Do you own this house? And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. Get out of here. And then he went and he went downtown and he got the forms and he called the owner, I think in Greece. And he was like, hey, I'm curious about these on this street. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about those. And he goes, I'll give you a million dollars for all. And so he bought 10 cabins for a million dollars in like 1998 or something like that. Oh, my God. So they're all probably individually worth like two million now. Oh my At least one point five, but yeah, the and uh, somebody that owned that hillside just forgot they existed. Think about that. Also, Tillery Street, where we used to hang out in Brooklyn, where Carl and Bryce and all those people lived, yeah. that was owned by an Israeli guy who forgot he owned the building, Are and you kidding? and everybody squatted in it for free for like ten years. What? And then somebody called in like complaints or whatever, and they're like, oh, and then they started charging everybody rent. <gasps> it was a forgotten factory. Whoa. So, I mean, how many cities have Oh, that place. That? Oh, yeah. Tillery, that makes yeah. a lot of sense because I also squatted in that building. <laughs> yeah, everybody stayed there. It was cold, wasn't it? He just, I think, I, Carl was the was the super and he just gave me keys to like yeah. an apartment of a business that wasn't there anymore. Yes. And I lived in their office. Uh, years ago, I guess no it was heat, probably it was during nice. the financial crisis, like the 2008-2009 crisis, I went to Miami for the first time uh, with my then girlfriend, and she was like, yo, I got us a place, and it's like a hotel, and then we went, and it was an empty condo building that had been completely empty, and we were probably on like the, I don't know, 20th floor, <sighs> maybe higher, and it took me two days to realize that there was nobody else in the entire no building. No way. Completely empty. Because they had like villas on the roof around a pool. And so we were, we had access to the pool and the gym. Yeah. And there's one person working down below, uh, like at the 
check-in or whatever. And so I went to the pool and I looked in all the units and I realized they were all staged exactly the same and then went up there at night and there were no lights on in the entire building Whoa. except ours. Whoa, that's crazy. How long did you stay there? Like four or five nights. Where was it? It was in downtown Miami. Miami. So yeah, it was in Miami. It's a glass tower. A glass tower. So my uncle bought like some sort of condo and it sounds exactly like that. And it was gorgeous right on the beach. Gorgeous. Uh, and I was like, "How is this guy? Can how can he afford this?" Yeah, it was like very it was strange. And I mean, confused. they were renting like a hotel room, and it was really nice. It was huge, but it was a two bedroom hotel room. And then we would get off the elevator and walk to, uh, uh, walk down these long halls and never see and or hear. You didn't hear TV. You didn't hear people like laughing, talking, whatever. And so we realized we were the only people in an abandoned building. I mean, this would have been like right after Bear's turn went away right right pretty right. crazy right that is so crazy i have a jersey one for you please amy b sent this in a, a lot of bananas did but i like the way amy b sent it this was in uh newjersey.com nj nj.com yes written by matthew in newco thank you Anuko. you are truly the best in the typing business Pepperoni vandalism at New Jersey home leaves residents cheesed. I love this title. That is so good. Pepperoni vandalism at New Jersey home leaves residents cheesed. Cheese. Nobody's saying cheesed. No. Bring it back. Bring it back, Jersey. Bring it back. Uh, the charges may come by the pound for a pair of vandals <laughs> left at a Manville porch peppered with pepperoni last week, the wow. woman who lives at the home said. Okay. I don't know where Manville is. Manville? I'll look it up. A-M-M-A-N-V-I-L-E. Yeah, just like where men come from, where everybody there <laughs> just has big forearms, big hairy forearms and hairy <laughs> knuckles and can swing an axe with each hand. Apparently, it's a rough around the edges place. Is it? It Heather is. Doherty awoke to a virtual deli counter on her doorstep. I mean, this is good <laughs> writing, Matthew and uh, Nuko. Oh, it's right, like, it's just dead. Like, it's right uh, due west of Perth Amboy, if anybody right. knows. It's near New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Uh, near Somerville. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of. It's a, a north of Trenton. Oof. Yeah, it's the middle of nowhere. Uh, Heather Doherty woke to a virtual deli counter on her doorstep and car after salami assailants were caught on, on the neighbor's <laughs> surround camera slicing up and tossing about two pounds of spicy salami across her yard. That's so much dried meat. I opened up the front door Wednesday morning and said, what the hell is this? Doherty told New Jersey Advanced Media in an interview. Doherty, who live who has lived in Manville for 16 years, said her house has never been targeted by vandals before this week. We're trying to figure out who goes around with two loaves of pepperoni in the middle of the night and cut it up into slices and throw it on people's property, she said. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. I've heard, I remember that being a thing back in the day. When Is that you, true? Yeah, you would um, put like sliced meats on people's car. Yeah, because it would grease... It would eat at their yeah. clear coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bologna would put circles on people's car. Yeah. Bad. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy that we eat it. That it would... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It takes paint off of cars and we're just popping it in our mouths. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, that's the sun. It's not like the internal body heat of 98.6 degrees could heat that up to corrode your intestines. Go vegan. Uh, Doherty said, uh, you have nothing better to do with your time? Yes. I mean, have you been to that 
New Jersey, that's pretty <laughs> fucking fun. Also in the winter, yeah, pretty fun. Pretty fun. Um, Doherty said she reported the incident to police and was helping them identify the suspects. Lieutenant Craig Jeremiah of Manville Police Department decla- declined to comment or provide any reports. <laughs> Glad we mentioned him. Uh, Doherty said Saturday, this sucks that her key was her car was keyed during oh, the vandalism come on. and also suffered damage. That sucks. Yeah, come on. Throw your pepperoni. We that's all right. Yeah, we're laughing at pepperoni on the doorstep. Key car. See, that was there was one guy with the pepperoni and one guy with the car key. You know, know when to leave the party. You and went too like, far. The guy with the pepperoni, he's having a good time. He's got a brain. It's on funny. Him. And the guy's like, oh, I want to do it too. Yeah, more Stupid random the idiot. better. Uh, they also said that the car suffered damage from cats climbing up the side of their car to get to the slabs of spicy meat. <laughs> so cats were climbing up the car to get to the pepperoni, just scratching it up. I mean, cats can jump onto the onto a car. I bet you a cat could jump onto the roof of a car pretty easily. Cats can do anything. That's kind of that's that's a strange assumption mm-hmm. that a cat decides. Hmm. I'd like to get on the roof of this car, or rather on the hood of this car. Ka-ching. Instead of just jumping on, I'm going to claw my way <laughs> up the paint. <laughs> yeah. seems, seems hard for the cat. Seems very hard. Um, the story went viral after Doherty posted on Manville People Community Facebook group asking whether any pizza shops were missing significant amounts of significant. pepperoni. News stations across New York and New Jersey picked up the story, and Doherty is now widely recognized around town for the peculiar incident. Just last night, I went out to the store, and people recognized me from the news coverage, she said. Spreading sliced-up pepperoni around somebody's property is just such a bizarre thing to do. Although puzzled, Doherty said she's happy that the nature of the incident was so strange that it brought positive attention to the town she's called uh, home virtually her entire life, oh. which is a good spin. Okay, that's she, a great spin. Manville can get a bad rap sometimes, even though there was a crime committed. It's bringing a humorous news to our town. Oh, wow. Here's the best. This is how this article ends. Okay. Anthony Dianello, owner of Manville Pizza, said that the pepperoni looks much larger than the kind of pizza shops uses toppings. Yeah. Quote, as an Italian, it hurts the heart. <laughs> <laughs> He's sad for the pepperoni. Oh, that's great. Man. That does remind me of being bored sure. as a teenager. Oh, God. And it was just one time driving around, me and Damien. I don't know why we had a pound of turkey. Oh, yeah. And we, we were just Jersey riding boys. by people and throwing turkey Hilarious. at people. Hilarious. <laughs> Have a slice. Hilarious. <laughs> We used to do the flip-off game where we would just drive around, honk the horn, and flip everybody off from the car going in the other direction. And we did it. My friend Lainey thought, would cry laughing. You would just, right as you're passing on like a one lane in each direction road, you would honk the horn and everybody would stick their hand, middle finger directly at the other driver and speed away. And then one time we saw somebody's face look very sad and it just broke us and we were like, Aww. never again. We should not have done it. That's sad. It was fun. We did slayering, which was you'd play slayer as loud as you could. Drive around and yell Slayer at anybody that would look there at it you. Is. There Slayering it is. Slayering rule. So that is suburban boredom. It was. It was yeah. pre cell phone, pre smartphone, mm-hmm. pre everything, pre internet. We just had to go around and do dumb, dumb shit. shit. And we did it well. You did it very well, Scotty. And you're continuing to do it well. I, turkey's very funny. <laughs> Throwing turkey, but what? I also like my, my high school girlfriend was a really nice girl named Jesse. And 
She and her friends thought it was so funny to drive out to the country and get fully naked and drive around in their cars. Like that, not do anything. They just uh-huh. like the risk. It was almost like skinny dipping in yeah, your yeah. little crappy used car in cornfields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, will you do it sometime? I was like, sure. And we drove out to some cornfield and we stripped down naked and just drove around. Just drove around naked. Yeah, during the day. Just the thrill. Just just for the thrill. Just because we could. I remember doing that with uh, in college, but like while driving on the highway, getting naked and driving on the highway. Yeah, with a girlfriend. Yeah, why yeah. was it so funny? I don't know. It was the risk. It was the risk. It was like it was like uh, anything, any anything for a little thrill, you know? Yeah, I get, and we never got caught, and but we didn't do it that long. But also, I don't know, you know? Do you? I've noticed as an adult that I never notice teenagers driving cars anymore. But when I was a teenager, yes. I would only see teenagers exactly. driving cars. But now, I think there's less teenagers driving cars. Well, that could be true, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that is the case. When we had Laurie Kilmartin on a couple of weeks ago, I didn't want to tell her, but at the pickets, I was eavesdropping on a conversation she was having about how her <laughs> son didn't get his license yeah. and like how he does, doesn't want it. And it really is fascinating how many teenagers are like, not for me. Maybe they're not realizing that, well, but again, smartphone, camera phones would ruin driving around listening to Tom Petty and being fully nude in a Corolla. Yeah. And then also, I wonder, for like my kids, is it going to be just that like, you know, they just like fucking put on their headset and like go somewhere in the garage you know like they're just like at a nightclub in the garage like taking digital drugs or whatever (laughs) i know i went back and watched um uh, blade runner the new one like the ryan gosling one and there's the anna de armis is like the ai virtual girlfriend that can like walk around the apartment and i was like that's crazy and then as the movie went on i'm like i can't think of a single guy like a single man who would not buy that technology and just be totally thrilled to have a AI girlfriend hologram yeah. walking around their apartment, congratulating them, cheering <laughs> for them. It's like sad that I'm like, wait, that's going to work. Oh, that will 100% be a thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And and then it'll be there'll be a thing where it's like um, American men refusing to transition from AI girlfriend to human girlfriend. Yes. It's going to be like a news item in 20 years. We, there was one, I, either we did it on the pod or we were sending it a couple of times about women with AI boyfriends that are happier with their AI boyfriend than they've ever been. And you can like pick all the traits. And one of them was he's like a German tennis player architect <laughs> and his name's like Fritz. And they're like, I love Fritz. And like checking every day. And it's like, it's all I need. It's better. And I'm like, we're there. What we feared, we're yeah, yeah, now yeah. there. Oh yeah, 100%. And it's, and and with those with the with the goggles too. I mean, like soon there'll just be sun. There'll be glasses, or there'll be contacts, or yes. they'll just be directly in, and they'll you'll be able to see the person. The person will be very real. Can we get high speed maglev trains from New York to Chicago, Chicago. before we start yeah. fucking AI girlfriends? That's all and I'm boyfriends. asking for. That's all we before we start inserting ourselves and being inserted by robots <laughs> as our. As our AI, can we just get a maglev train from New York to LA fast, four hundred miles an hour, four hundred miles an hour, four and a half hours, coast to coast? Can we get that before everybody's getting humped or humping? If before we're all bearing our wiener dogs under an AI coliseum, can we please just get a, a functioning train system Dear in America? God, everybody would use it. We could have bananas live shows where people take the train to it. Oh, uh, we could do it on the train. You could have a train car that is a theater. Dear 
Lord, come we on. Do that before we start having sex with AI. Please. Please. <laughs> the weirdest will be when people get divorced from their live spouse to, to go with them. That'll yeah. be the true weirdest shit. Well, also, I mean, like, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's already happened that someone's married an AI bot. Many. Um, but that'll be weird. People getting divorced from AI bots to marry another. I like AI. him more. Yeah. There it is, folks. That was another episode of Bananas. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you listened. Whether you're a day one bananimal, a, a newer bananimal, a murder banana, we just appreciate you guys tuning into the silliest little podcast there ever was. <laughs> Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas.